if life as you know it is changing, it's uncomfortable. It's not something that you expect. Like I've been doing this. This is me. Who am I now? I know who, who everyone knows me to be. This is my life and I'm going to take control of it. I am very strong. It's a very crazy story, but I love it because it's mine and I get to tell it to help others. Welcome to United Conversations for Student-Athletes, a Holinsky's Hope-powered podcast supporting the mental health of student-athletes. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Nicholson. There are so many athletes that are in high school and aspiring to play their sport at the collegiate level, but oftentimes when they get there, that college career doesn't necessarily play out exactly as they had foreseen, exactly how they had planned. Today, we have an athlete that is going to share her story, and it's one where it didn't necessarily uh, follow the track that she had anticipated. Demi Washington was a University of Alabama track and field athlete. She was an NCAA All-American in the 4x100 relay in high school as she was aspiring to uh, run track in college. She was a Gatorade All-American, so things were setting up pretty nicely for her. She's going to share her story because we know every time an athlete shares their story, it takes another huge chunk out of stigma and allows other athletes to feel less alone and uh, know that others have struggled in their experience too. So I'm really grateful to uh, Demi for sharing her story with us. And let's get going with today's conversation with Demi Washington. Demi, welcome to United. Hey, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. I am excited too. And I will say that there's a little bit of surprise because as an Alabama athlete, and we just had our football game, and it still hurts that we did not win, but we are SEC kindred. So I will just, I will bypass the Alabama bit and go with that. (laughs) Roll Tide, and that's all I can say. Um, I was a little bit scared at first during the game, but we we hung in there. So yeah, well, you should have been scared <laughs> to the end because it was right down to the end. That was a good game. It was crazy. It was a good game. I also was there, but I left. Oh my gosh, Andy, I had to leave. That was bitter cold. So I left cold and sad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, it was bitter cold, but it was that was a dang good game. Yeah, it was. I enjoy watching. It. Yeah. Now, of course, I like to win. It's almost better than winning by a blowout. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot from different teams or like people that I know that go to different schools. They're like, at least we hung in there with y'all. At least we were this close. So they get those props of saying that instead of it being a blowout. Like, dang. Yeah. We got blew out by Alabama once again. Right. <laughs> so, right. I like I've been enjoying the close games. It's been good to be able to watch a game now instead of just like, oh yeah, we're gonna win anyway. So. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing about competitors, right? Like right. you know, I often bring up like when when athletes struggle with, you know, losing or failure, however you want to put it, which that's a whole nother podcast, how we, you know, contextualize failure, but like you know, you could have been a superstar 
somewhere else, but you chose to come to a top program or you chose to come to this conference that's really strong in the sport or, you know, and so I think it's not all about the results. It's about the competition, which is why we're all here. So yeah. Now you are from Mississippi. I am. I'm from Clinton. I know I usually say Jackson since I've been in Alabama because no one knows what Clinton is. So I'm just like, I'm from Jackson, Mississippi, but I am from Clinton, Mississippi. It's right there. So we have that in common as well. I'm from Oxford. Oddly enough, like never say never about coming back to your hometown. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But yeah, and you were the Gatorade player of the year in high school. Yeah, a couple of times. Um, I think in I don't want to tell you the wrong years, but it was twice. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize it was twice. That's really, really cool. And so why Alabama? So um, I went on a few visits and when I got to Alabama, it was just like, "Mm, I'm supposed to be here. They won me over. And of course, it wasn't too far away from home. So that was another thing. Just being by myself and no one else being in another state that Mm. I know anything like that. Of course, I could have found people um, to call family, but I just didn't want to go too far away. And I ended up coming here. And there was also another classmate of mine that committed to play basketball here. So I was like, "Hmm, maybe this is where I should go. I still have people around and I feel like I can get better here. So I chose Alabama. So it all just kind of lined up and and sometimes it is that feeling. Yeah, it was definitely a feeling for sure. That's awesome. So having gone from Clinton, Mississippi to Tuscaloosa, so I'll just ask you what your story is. <laughs> it's a very crazy story, but I love it because it's mine. So I love um, that. I got here uh, freshman year, summer of 2017, and I didn't start like practicing or anything right away. Um, I did have classes, though, because, of course, we had to have classes to be mm-hmm. on campus. So we could practice a little bit here and there, did that. Freshman year, it was pretty good. It was decent. I had a coach, though, who I don't really know how to put it, but I had a coach that he liked to indulge in drama. Mm. He liked to indulge in drama. And so he kind of turned me and my teammates away from each other with Mm. coming back and forth telling us, you know, who said what, who did what. Just kind of stirring the pot. Stirring a pot all the time, all the time. And as a leader, that's not something that I like. Um, I don't indulge in those kind of things. And I wanted to be very cohesive with my teammates. And it was the complete opposite. Mm. It was the complete opposite. Like it was always competition when we are supposed to be making each other better. Mm. And that was kind of the downfall my freshman year. But I did come out my freshman year as an All-American because I did anchor our four by one relay at Nationals. And we play six, so still plays, but I'm an All-American, and I can say that the least out of my career um, in college. So I love that part. Then that coach left, so we replaced with our other coach, our other sprints coach. Of course, we're divided into groups like jumps, vaults, pole vaulting, things like that. So we were with my other coach, and the thing with teams and having different groups like that different coaches coaches don't know how to coach you specifically on your needs if that Mm -hmm. makes sense 
they think that everyone is the same and mm-hmm. everyone learns the same, trains the same. And that's not the case. And I was told before I actually got to Alabama that they specifically work with people. So that's something that actually drew me to Alabama as well. They specifically work with your needs, person, one-on-ones, things like that. But it didn't pan out that way. It didn't pan out that way. And so being an athlete there kind of took a turn Mm. and you know, they have high expectations of you. Like it's a certain standard that you have to meet. And if you're not performing to that level, it's strictly business. So I don't know. I was, I don't want to say that I was body shamed, but you can tell when a coach is just like, okay, you're not up to par to Mm. perform the way that we need you to perform. So it was just little bits and pieces that I'd hear from my coaches. I'm having to get up for two a days because they think that that's going to help me like lose weight or anything. But listen, Josie, I am an African-American woman with a nice body and Mm -hmm. I'm very strong. I am very strong. So I was the strongest female on the team. My max squat was 315. So if I'm going, if I'm going to work out and do strength and conditioning, and I have to do 60% of that every time I go in. Like, do you expect me to stay small? Right. <laughs> Please tell me. <laughs> and so sometimes it's not that I cheat myself, but it's just like, I want better for myself. And if y'all aren't going to do that for me, I'm going to do it for myself. So yeah. sometimes yeah. I not do like the 60%. I try to do less, but my strength and conditioning coach would pay attention to me. And so one time I even got kicked out of weights one day because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do it. I was just like, you know what? If you're going to get me out, that's fine because it still helps me. Mm-hmm. But going to two a days, I'm going talking to my nutritionist because my coaches don't like the way I'm performing. They think that I'm too big. What was it like for you? That was very hard. Yeah. At the time, that was very hard because I was doing to get better, to do better. But if I have coaches in my ear telling me like, this isn't good enough, it's just like, well, what do you want from me? Like I'm giving all I can. And mm. that kind of, it kind of hurt because like, I'm telling y'all, I'm trying to tell you all that this is what it is, but you're not listening. Right. And so I'm getting called into meetings and saying like, okay, well, you won't be able to go to SECs because you're not performing this way in practice mm. and things like that. And it was so tough. It was so tough <laughs> because right. like I said, I'm giving my all. And the only thing I'm getting in return is that it's not enough. Well, and what was it like for them to make comments on your body? That was tough. That was one of the hardest things to deal with because I won't say that I had to deal with it in high school a lot, but there was like a few people that would say things like that, especially my high school principal. Okay. She's one of the ones. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, not this again. But it was very tough because one time I was at Florida Relays and I had just done a warm up. And I wanted to put something on my stomach before I went out to compete. And my coach was just like, didn't you just have a a box or whatever? He's like, girl, another one. And I'm just like, this is my first time eating. What are you talking about? (laughs) And so it would just be things like that. And it got to be a very normal thing. And for me, I had other things going on at home. So the more they did that, the more it belittled me. Mm. And the worse it got and the worse my mental got. Mm, in what way? 
it beat me up and it's just like, okay, well, I'm not good enough for this. I can, I can't keep doing this. And then subsequently I became depressed and, and I had anxiety. I knew that something was wrong because I start snapping back at my mm. coaches every time they said something like so quick, so quick. I stopped going to classes. Um, I stopped going to classes for a couple of weeks, actually. Mm. And I was just like, this is not like me. And I'm a very outgoing person. Like I'm very energetic and so much low energy. I didn't, I dreaded going to practice. And it's something that I never done. Mm. Like I never dreaded going to practice, going to get better, going to do drills, like anything. And so I noticed that, especially because I had other things going on at home. So imagine being away from home, not having that support because you have other things going on at home and mm. then not having the support from your coaches. Right. And so they're, they're making comments on your body. So it's hard to feel right proud of that part and then right you know knocking on your confidence in the performance arena and yeah so it's, it's yeah from all sides from all sides all areas and it was just so daunting yeah and so I was like I know there's something wrong this isn't me I need to see if like my mental is having me act this way so I went to my trainer and I told them I need to talk to somebody. I need something because we did have flyers posted about our psychologists and mm-hmm. things like that. But, you know, football players have more access to a little bit more resources than we do. So I didn't know that it was available for us. There was a lot of things that I didn't know was available for us because we just didn't have the resources like yeah. football players, of course. Was it hard for you to ask for help? Yeah, it was at first because it was just like, I don't want to think that anything is wrong with me. I don't want anybody else to think that anything is wrong with me, Mm -hmm. but I had no one else. So that was my last resort. And I was just like, please help me. (laughs) And so I started talking to my psychologist, but I also had a a therapist off campus. I've always had a therapist in my entire life. So I found, well, my parents found me one when I got here and I started going to her and she was very helpful. And then I started going to see our uh, psychologists, our sports psychologists, and they both told me that I was I had a little bit of depression and anxiety going on. So then I got put on medication and things like that. And I just I don't know if it was in my head or if it was true or not, but I just felt like it wasn't working. So then I took the next steps and I was just like, I cannot continue to beat myself up like this and try to perform my best. I can't do this anymore. They took the love away from me for my Mm. sport, which I hated because I have been so good my Mm. entire career. So that made me feel so bad. Mm. And um, they ended up letting me, I don't know what it's called. It wasn't a red shirt. I had the option to red shirt for that year or to have disqualification, medical disqualification. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. So I took the medical disqualification because it was like, if we're still going to have these same coaches, I'm still going to be the same strong person that I am. My body's still going to be the same. So I'm literally still going to be dealing with the same exact stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you all want to pay for me to finish school, then I'll take that route because I know how to work out. I know how to do all these things on my own without having to hear the slander. Mm-hmm. So. I did that, finished school, things did turn out a little bit better for me. I did sometimes miss it. Yeah. Uh, at first, I didn't know how to tell people like, no, I don't run anymore. 
Like I'm still in school, but I'm not on the track team anymore. Like that was something that actually messed up my mental as well. Cause there was another layer onto it, even though I was still getting help. But it was a lot that went into it, but I just want other athletes to know that you're not alone. Mental health is definitely serious. It's a real thing. And if you feel a certain type of way, please ask for help. Yeah. I'm so glad you did. Yeah. It was hard. It was very hard. Like I said, I had no support from anybody. Like, of course, my parents were there, but the things that I had going on, it was a lot to try Mm -hmm. to support me and deal with the other things that we had going within the family. So I think that's really common too, where athletes struggle to tell somebody that they're struggling, especially their parents, because there's, you know, oftentimes stuff going on. It's like, I don't want to add to their stress. I don't want them to worry. I don't want to, I'm away from home. I don't want to burden them. And, you know, I think there's a middle ground there being able to talk to, talk to your parents, if that's the right thing, if that's where the relationship Mm -hmm. is, and then, and say, and I'm getting help. And this is what I'm doing here, but I want y'all support, but I don't, I don't need you to stress. I don't need you to worry, you know? And it was also hard to inform them that like, Hey, I'm here at school. This is how I'm getting my schooling paid, but I don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. It was just like, what do you mean? Because it was also hard to just tell people, oh, I'm depressed. <laughs> I literally have anxiety. I don't move out the bed. I don't go to class. Like, I can't just tell my parents that. <laughs> like, right. that was so hard. But eventually I had to. It was a struggle for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm happy that it's my story and I get to tell it to help others. And I'm I'm appreciative of that. And it's not, it's not an uncommon thing for what you have the vision of your athletic career in high school, in college, um, not panning out that way. And, and I think whether it's a coach or dynamics on the team or just not the right fit, you know, an environment can be toxic. And, and again, that's an interaction thing, right? But being able to recognize that is one thing being able to do something about it is another because there's so much at stake. It's your whole identity at that point. And that's what it was for me, my identity. It was like, okay, if I'm doing this, what are people going to think? What are my high school teachers and coaches going to think when they see that I'm not chasing my dream anymore? This is something that I always told them like, yeah, one day I'll be in the Olympics. Who's to say that I won't be still because you know, anything can happen, mm-hmm. but the identity part, when you first start doing it or when things first start going left, it's like, okay, I'm not going to be making anybody proud anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I took pride in because the athlete that I was in high school, the accomplishments that I had, I know that there are younger people that were looking up to me and to just sit here and have to go a totally different direction what am I going to tell people? Oh, mm-hmm. you're not running anymore. You're not doing this anymore. No, because this. And like, that's not something that I, at first, it's not something that I wanted to just, you know, upright tell people or to be viewed as like, oh, she went to college and she wasn't headstrong enough, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just not the case because mm-hmm. I am very headstrong. But 
mental health is real. Yes. And when I tell you, you do not have control over that once it's in you or like once things start going left, like I said, it's a hard thing to get out of, um, especially if it's hard for you to ask for help. But thankfully, I had people who did come into my life to help me mm. um, with that. So it was easier. I'm not going to say it was easy to get out of, um, to be able to talk to these people, to have weekly check-ins and things like that. Because it's just like, oh, my God, something's wrong with me. I'm crazy, mm. you know? Right. And I don't want people to think that it's, oh. it's crazy to have a mental health disorder or anything like that. Because it's not. It's normal. It's human. And it's human. It's yeah. human. Yeah. So. The identity piece we talk about a lot on United, but I think this brings in a really important aspect that is such a huge deal when athletes think about, because I mean, falling out of love with your sport, or this is not mentally healthy for me to continue in this way, or, or I'm just done. I'm just tired. The idea yeah. of like, what do I tell people? Because your whole life, well, your whole track and field life, right. you're known as super fast and super good. Mm -hmm. And then you became the sprinter, you know, for Clinton. And mm -hmm. it is how people know you. So being able to right. say, you know, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. It's, there's like this beat of like, well, then who are you? And there's this right. like, well, then who am I? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the other part about it. It's like, who am I now? Mm -hmm. um, once that started happening, like I know who who everyone knows me to be. But then when these things started happening before people knew, it's just like, well, who am I? Mm -hmm. Like, who am, who am I? Like, what am I doing? Why is this happening? Right. Because like, it's not something that you expect. Like, I've been doing this. This is this is me. Yeah. And now <laughs> things change and. I have a totally different mindset, a totally different outlook on how I expected things to be. And it's just mm -hmm. like, okay, well, what now? Who am I? What's next? What identity am I going to be next? Like, yeah. I don't know. And of course, that's, that's literally something that people deal with, especially in our 20s, not even just athletes. So yes. um, just trying to figure out life. But if life as, as you knew it or know it is changing, it's uncomfortable. So that's what it was for me. Very uncomfortable. I was blinded. Like I did not have tunnel vision on anything. It almost felt like I was just stuck in like an abyss or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel and yeah. I wanted to so bad, but that's what it was. Finished school, graduated. Love that for me. Yeah, I still worked out. I also even started a during COVID, I started a workout page and yeah. it was doing really well. But then I had to come back to school and I couldn't keep up with it because it was my senior year and senior year was crazy. It was hectic and I had to stay on top of things or else. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I hear that. <laughs> so I didn't have time to record and, you know, edit my videos and things like that give yeah. everybody what they were looking for. And then that was another thing. People were asking me like, well, why did you stop this? So there was another identity that I yeah. had attained. And then I stopped that. And people were like, why are you doing that? You were doing so good. This, that, and the other. And I'm just like, huh, been here, done that. 
because I didn't have time. Right. I needed to finish school. Yeah. So like, I, this is something that I learned. I've been through this already. So yeah. now I'm like, oh, I have other things to do. I have to get my degree. Like, mm-hmm. and it's nothing personal and I'm not taking it personal. I understand that that's how you knew me and that's what you wanted to see. But hey. I got other things to do. <laughs> that is uh, like, it takes a while to get there. You know, in that beat that I talked about, like, mm-hmm. who am I now? There's also what makes me special. Mm-hmm. Like the question, like, what makes me special now? How will people be proud of me now? You mentioned that. Mm-hmm. But then getting to a place where it's like, okay, that's what you wanted for my life. That was not right for me for my life. Mm-hmm. But we, we are so scared. I mean, and listen, anybody that says, I don't care what people think of me is lying. Right. Because that is not normal. In fact, that is kind of a hallmark of a sociopath. We care. Now, how much we let us let it impact our behavior and our thoughts and our feelings, mm-hmm. you know, right. that's that's different. But but being able to say, like, yeah, I I hate, you know, looking at people and seeing the disappointment when I say that. Right. And I, I got my life to, mm-hmm. to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that I struggled with at the time, just about how people viewed me. And yeah. I always wanted to make other people happy for me. Right. But then that's something that I learned. And I was like, no, this is my life. And I'm going to take control of it. So that's what I had to do. Um, it didn't matter anymore after that. I was like, I don't care <laughs> what yeah. anybody, anybody thinks like this is the path that I have to take, not yours. Right. So I understand that this may be what you want to see, what you mm-hmm. want to hear, but it wasn't, it was right for me when it was right. Mm-hmm. But now it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something that I had to come to terms with. And I, appreciate having to go through what I went through in order to have this mindset because it's been so helpful and beneficial for me but at the time I saw nothing like when I tell you my mind was like black Mm, yeah (laughs) at that time when all of this was going on but because you can't see the other side I could not yeah I could not I could not see it and I just thought I was and that another thing, like, especially my parents, like I was speaking before, like, I just thought that I was a failure to them, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, that was something else that blocked my mental. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, okay, people see me as something different, different identity. I'm not making my parents proud anymore. I'm not chasing my dreams anymore. Like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and it got to a point. I actually did um, end up having to go to the hospital because one night I thought about taking my life Mm -hmm. and I knew then that it was at its peak. Yeah. But thank you, Lord, that I did not. So I am a huge advocate for mental health, a huge advocate for anybody who may even just be having a bad day. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care. I want to be that person to change your day around, to change your life around. Any words that I can say that will make you feel better about yourself or better about any situation that you're in, I'm that person because I know what it feels like. Yeah, I know what it feels like, and I don't want anybody to feel like they have to take their life or to feel like they aren't good enough. Mm 
Right. So yeah, huge advocate for it. <laughs> well, and I'm so glad. I am so glad that you're here and that you're advocating and yes. you know, supporting others in that. And it's a big loss that I, mm-hmm. the identity piece, but also just that security of knowing how people see you, even if it's not true, right? you know, there's this delusion, I guess that, mm-hmm. oh, if I perform well, if I achieve, if I win, then that's how I secure my relationship. That's how I secure mm-hmm. the, my parents being proud or mm-hmm. my status on the team or others perception of me. And so right. it's nice to have that like tangible <laughs> You know, I can, it would be nice Mm -hmm. to just buy it at Target, but like (laughs) that tangible, here's how I do it. And it is such a huge loss, but it's also so scary to let it go and say, I don't have to do anything. I am enough, which is a very foreign concept for most. Very foreign, very foreign, because it's like you always, you're always working to achieve something. Yeah. And if you don't achieve it, then the mental health kicks in or you feel like you aren't good enough. And if you do, it's just like, oh yeah, like this is how it's supposed to feel, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's not always true. It feels good. Yes, of course. Right. But once you see yourself achieving something or have goals set and you don't reach them or attain them, now what? Yeah. So that's another thing. Yeah. And, and nobody intends this, right? But like when you are, you know, on the track team and you're working, busting your butt every day in the heat mm-hmm. in Mississippi and you are <laughs> doing all the competitions or training, all those things. Well, naturally, parents, teachers, like, you know, friends of family, all of these people are like, oh my gosh, I saw that you won. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Like everybody's right. so proud of you. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that, somebody would be like, I saw you working today and you're such a hard worker. I'm so proud mm-hmm. of the hard worker mm-hmm. you are. Right. I'm so proud of how, of your determination and your, I'm so excited by your personality and mm-hmm. y- who you are. That just, that's, it's not, it's natural to get excited, especially right. because the athlete's excited, but it, mm-hmm unintentionally sends a message that this is how you get my approval. Yep. Yeah. Very much so. They don't see the hard work and dedication that goes into it, how much we strain ourselves mm-hmm. every day right. to get to that point. Um, and we're not just athletes, we're student athletes. Mm. So we're having to go to class. We have homework to do. We have study hall Workouts, that we have to tutoring. go to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So much, so much behind the scenes before we can stand on that podium and just be like, yay, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's another part that played into it. Like yes. when, when I was going through my episode, so the grades were failing and things like that. So I'm hearing coaches talk about that. So it's not just my performance. There's other things that play into it too. And yeah. like I told you, it's like a business, it's like a business. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't doing what you need to do to get by, or at least in their eyes, right? if you aren't doing what you need to do to get by, you are not an asset to this team. And 
that's the hardest thing having to go and meet with your coaches and them basically telling you that. Right. And it's just like, you don't understand, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and I wish that coaches did. You know, I'm not saying yeah. that all coaches are like this, but yeah. you'll run into a few who are solely um, coaching because they want everybody to just be good. And if you're not, mm-hmm. then whatever. I don't have anything to say to you. Right. Like, and that's how I felt. That's how I felt. Like, not trying to understand if there was anything else wrong with me or any underlying factors as to why I could be performing the way that I am. Mm-hmm. It's just, I see you're not performing the way that I need you to perform, move out the way. Yeah. And coaches are supposed to be another form of parenting in a, in a way to me. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's how I've had it since I've been in my career from high school on up. But when I got here, it was just a totally different story. But even if it is, so yeah, and I mean, there are so there are so many really great coaches out there, yes, and there are sure. a few that just do it differently. And but you can be business like and mm-hmm. say, "Hey, what is? I see you're not performing. You're definitely right. not performing the way I need you to. Is something going on? Like, is there something we can do to support you? Like, you know, do you know about our resources?" I just wanted to check in because, you know, there can be other factors at play, you know, that's, and that's very professional. Right. Yeah. Very much so. And not to talk down on any of my coaches because no, they are great human beings. They mm-hmm. are, they are. But when it came to that, um, I just think that's something that um, they should learn. I think if that's, they have not already. Right. And I think that that's one of the, the hopes with this podcast, with people like you coming and sharing their story that, you know, it is becoming, I mean, much, much more of a conversation, even from when you were freshman and sophomore in college. And, and so coaches being supported and understanding how to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. And yes, this is your job. And this is also part of your job. And, mm-hmm. you know, here, here's how to handle it. If somebody you know, seems off to you or like, you know, they don't get a lot of training in that. And I'm not making excuses for anybody, but, but I'm so hopeful that conversations like this add to, you know, the movement around, Mm -hmm. let's do it differently. Very much so. And I, I like to see that. Yes. Like I said, I'm not bashing all coaches. I'm not bashing all coaches or anything like that, but that is something that I encountered. Yeah. It is empowering to be able to to share your story, you yeah. know. And believe it or not, like a, two years ago, I could not, I could not sit here and talk to you about this. Mm. Just even even thinking about it, like I tear up or anything like that, because it was so hard. It yeah. was so hard to talk about it. So I appreciate you for realizing that it's easier for me to do it now, um, mm. and that I'm in a different mindset because I am. Yeah. You know, there's this idea sometimes that we have to be in a better mindset right away because the the situation's over. Right. Does not work like that. It's literally trauma. (laughs) Like, it's something that I have to heal from. Yes. And the trauma thing is so real. You know, Mm -hmm. trauma isn't about a situation. It's about an impact. Mm -hmm. And 
So it doesn't matter. I mean, I think people look and they're like, well, it could have been worse or wasn't, you know, and it's not really trauma. It's like, well, what was the impact? Let's judge it by that. Right. So, yeah. And that was worse for me. Like, like I said, this is my path. This is my story. That was worse for me. Right. So who are you to say that it could have been worse? This is my right. worst. Yes. <laughs> this is my worst. It matter. It's not a, that's, that's, I mean, most everything in life is a competition, but not that. <laughs> exactly. Like at this point, this is my worst. Like, yes, I'm sure there's something worse that could happen. But right now, this is my worst. Please understand that. <laughs> yes. Amen to that. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And, uh, you know, it's, it's clear that you're in a different, a very different place and different mindset and that life just had something different for you. Yeah, this is you. I thank you for having me on. I enjoyed talking with you. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait to see where you go next. And I'm sure that you feel the same way. <laughs> yes, very much so. For sure. And uh, yeah, in that next stage, uh, maybe we can get together and do it again. Yeah, hopefully. Well, thank you again and uh, stay warm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Again, a big thank you to Demi Washington, as well as our producer, Graham Doty, and our editor, Chelsea Battle. If you're struggling at this time, please reach out to family, friends, or a licensed mental health professional in your area. Also, we want to hear from you about topics that you want to hear about. So please reach out to us at info at Let us know what would be helpful for you or your fellow athletes to hear about. Share this podcast with anyone you believe would be helped by it. Subscribe to it, rate it, and review it because that helps other athletes find the podcast. If you would like to know more about Holinsky's Hope, including how to donate to help with all that they're doing to support student-athlete mental health and reduce the stigma that surrounds mental illness, visit www.holinskyshope.org. Please take care of yourself. Please take care of others and always have hope. (laughs) 